conservative, won the ball here on third down. Here's Richardson, he takes it in for his first NFL touchdown. And Pittman takes it inside the 20, the 10, towards the end zone, touchdown! On second and 28, the Colts capitalize Richardson to Pittman, 39 yards. Hey, we're on a two-win week streak. Win streak, boys. Two-win week streak. Say again? I said, let's get it. Hey, so, and both games were away. This is actually, uh, if we can win tomorrow, this will be the Colts' first uh, three-game winning streak since 2019. We need it'll to get also, it done. It'll also be our best start since, like, 2013 or something like that. It was... I forget what it was. I think maybe it was 2019 also. I don't think we started 3-1 and one that year. We must get it done. How's everybody doing tonight, though, out there? Uh, excuse me for a second, still sharing this around, but whoever is with us, appreciate you guys for coming in. Hey, go Longhorn. me and Matt for, uh, for tonight. I'm not proud of college football tonight. The Gators are officially the Crocs again. Um, we suck. Until they get it right. If anybody was upset right. at if anybody was upset at AR last year, they need to take a long look at this team and realize he dragged us to the finish line. <laughs> Awful. Hey. Awful. Hey. What's everybody? How's everybody doing out there in the comments? Chad, mom, Kevin. Just getting this shit Almost there. Getting it all shared out. It's just it's just me and Demarco. We've done a lot of. A lot of work this week looking at the Rams. We did a lot of work looking at last week's game. Absolutely. So give me one second, bro. All right. All right. So I don't know where Trev is tonight. I can't remember what he said. I think he's on a date night with his wife or something with his in-laws. Uh Damon is at the Texas State Fair. Um and Zach is working. How's everybody feel about last week's win, man? I remember saying, oh, the game's over with like 204 left. I even walked away, started helping my kid with her homework, came back. We had the ball back. I was like, what the heck is happening? Man, so I'm not even gonna lie to you guys. Like a lot of a lot of group chats that I'm in, I, I wouldn't say a lot, but like Colts pages and stuff, uh, the two group chats that I got, um, the one with you guys, the one on Twitter. I pretty much stay out of it when it gets negative. Just because I can get negative myself and then it's just dragging all down. I can't tell you guys how many times I sat there and said, oh, this game is over. Oh, yeah. this game is over while this shit was going on. So uh, it felt pretty good to be able to, to pull one of those games out because as we all know well, uh, a lot of people don't get why we're so hyped to beat the Baltimore Ravens by three because a lot of people may say, hey, maybe Baltimore gave that game away. But 10 times out of 10, over the last six years that we've had Frank Wright, the Colts lose that game no matter we, what. We, we, all right. So, and if you look at it really at the end of that game, um, Zay Flowers gave us a chance when he didn't call fair catch on that, uh, that safety punt, that safety kickoff. He should have called, he shouldn't have called fair catch. He should have oh, ran yeah. it. You should have returned they, it and tried yep. to get some yards. It gave us an extra timeout. And then they threw the ball on the third down or whatever that was, fourth down. I think it was third down. 
which gave us yep. a chance to drive down the field. That's, I believe uh, that, a, one was was the miss. that one was the miss by Lamar Jackson behind Zay Flowers. Yeah. <clears throat> when they when they tried to say it was holding on Zay, like we we held Zay Flowers or whatever. But yeah, that we we had the gods on our side last week in those last two minutes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Not even gonna lie, man. I'd like I didn't want to say the last two minutes. The moment we went down, uh, what was it, nineteen to sixteen? I'm thinking, oh boy, here we go. Um, this might be it for us. And then I just um. Not just now, but rode up a little bit. So we were down by three with one minute left in regulation. And this is where I thought it was over when it was 19 to 16. Then we go on to score, outscore Baltimore nine to zero uh, in the fourth quarter in overtime. And so it just goes to show in that last one minute that we really put it together to be able to finish some drives. Um, obviously, we got a, a new commenter in here. Uh, Mahari Best says, uh, should have been a blowout if we ex- execute on offense. Uh, well, he's and, talking about uh, this week. Oh, 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 this week. Oh, I thought you meant last week. I um, agree with that. I, I agree with that. As well. <laughs> uh, I, I am a little bit worried about penalties just because the cohesion on offense, because we're going to have some mixed pieces in there and stuff like that. But I'm not worried about the offense blocking. But yeah, I agree if we execute there. But I would say, uh, last week, um, we could have beat them handedly as well. Um, if Gardner Minshew recognized uh, those those three blitzes that Kyle Hamilton got us with on the sacks, um, and if anybody thinks those were on the offensive line, you're wrong. Those are not blitzes that you accredit to your offensive line. Those go on quarterback. Um, and then uh, also just being able to move the ball. We only had two possessions that made it into um, the the red zone, which is 20 yards, um, and so that would accredit 10 yard uh, 10 points to the offense. Um, so. We just want to see more execution there from the offense. We should be able to move the ball a little bit better, and, and that get that game could have definitely looked a lot differently because that was those were part of the keys to my game, and uh, the Colts did all three that I said last week. Yep, one hundred percent. I thought it was funny. I was listening to uh, around the NFL um, the other day, and they talked about this game for like I don't know twenty seconds, I think, mm-hmm. and they said in the house Justin Tucker built. The Colts had a gay party, and I was rolling. Oh, oh, <laughs> I was rolling. I was, like, I, I was waiting for the joke to come out. Like somebody had to say something somewhere, and it was, man. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that anywhere until you just now mentioned it. But that's pretty funny. The only person that mentioned it that I know of is uh, Pat McAfee was saying that Matt Gay probably went has has, has gotten some tough skin through his life alone just because of his last name so that was the only time i really heard it mentioned but uh yeah man i mean if i if i combined all the networks and how many times they talked about us you get about probably a good five to ten minutes throughout all networks combined yeah. that I, at least and, that and i was, watched so and it was a bunch of excuses made for the ravens that's all yeah. I kept hearing. it was a bunch of excuses made for the ravens it wasn't like they kept calling it all the turnovers. They kept saying they were like miscues. They weren't miscues, man. They were forced fumbles. They were forced turnovers. That's not miscues by the Ravens. That's that's giving them excuses. And then saying, oh, well, they were missing seven people. Well, we didn't have our starting quarterback yeah, or they, our they, star they, running back. When they want to mention injuries, they didn't they they never mentioned not one time not one. who the Colts were missing um as far as anybody. That was out of the game. Nobody. I mean, like they, 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 didn't, 
They didn't talk about AR. They didn't talk about JT. They didn't talk about the fact we're missing half of our <laughs> secondary. Like <laughs> they they didn't even mention that we that we went from our original starter to a rookie cornerback who hasn't really played all off season, and this is his first start. And he's first start. scratch for two games. So didn't even play in the preseason. This was the first yeah. time he stepped foot on turf in game <laughs> uniform. Like <laughs> and you yeah were, yeah no. Uh, yeah, so it's pretty much always one of those things where it's like, oh, the Colts are they really good? And da, 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 and everybody likes to question. And this is, and that's one of the main reasons why I do want the, the Colts to continue winning and to go out here and show everybody, um, show the against the Rams that we are for real. Because um, it's one of those things where we can obviously get high about them because we're Colts fans. And at the end of the day, if they come out and lose tomorrow, then it's like, oh, uh, well, did we just kind of do the same thing we did against the Chiefs last year? But we. Right. All, it, it, the people who actually follow the team, we know this talent. We know what it is, and we know how everybody said we've been a quarterback away for the past few years. We know that what this team can be, and we just need to continue to go out here and show that we can be dominant um, and beat teams that we're supposed to beat and be one of these teams that are that are supposed to be in the playoffs, even though we didn't predict it. That's facts. That's facts. I, I agree, man. It's it's just it's just it's it's funny because any other team. If any other team would have beat the Ravens like that, all they would have been praising that team up and down. If it were like the Jets, if it was Zach Wilson and the Jets, if it was Jacksonville, oh, if it imagine, was Jacksonville. imagine the Lamar, uh, the Trevor Lawrence, the Trevor love Lawrence that would be going around. Yeah, oh the Trevor God. Lawrence hype, the Calvin Ridley hype, you know, the 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 uh, Etienne hype, all that man, it'd been everywhere. It'd been everywhere. Mm-hmm. If Zach Wilson would have went up there with the Jets and beaten them. Zach Wilson would have been like, oh, well, maybe they didn't need Aaron Rodgers. Maybe they don't need to go find another quarterback. Oh, yeah. It's always us. <laughs> yeah, but us, it's, man. It's always us where people are last to the party. We, we got to win 11, 12 games before they start to think that, oh, yeah, maybe they'll do something. Yeah, it gets me every time. It gets me every single Got time. a couple comments coming in here from another yep. new commenter. Uh, Didi says, how do you guys feel about Pittman? Uh, I don't know if you have seen our shows at all anymore, um, but we've always been a pro Pittman show. Uh, well, I, w- I won't say we've always because we got different opinions on this show. Um, we have um, the ones who are here on the show have been pro Pittman, and we've always thought he's just needed a better shot with a, a full-time quarterback and being able to get uh, consistent play from there. And Gardner Minshew, I'm going to tell you right now, he is better than any. And I mean any quarterback play we saw last year. I mean absolutely any. Um, and then secondly, you got AR, who I, I didn't think they were going to fit together, but it seems like Pittman is still the number one. Like he's the guy that we're looking to to make plays. Um, and then uh, we did have some opinions. Guys didn't really necessarily know if he was going to be a wide receiver one. They more, want more explosive there at that position to be a wide receiver one. But I think Pittman's a dog. So I said dog um, and think he's he's going to be all right. I said I said one. I said during the offseason that wide receiver one was not solidified. Um, I always said I liked Pittman, but at the same time, he never solidified himself as that guy until this season. Like it's already happened by week three. I, I, by the end of the last week's game, I was already convinced. Yeah, this guy is he's our, he's our he's our wide receiver one. And we need to go ahead and give that man his extension once we can. Um, but then we got to look at some of these other guys. If you look at Josh Downs, 
Uh, Josh Downs has been having almost equal amount of gain, like equal to. Let's see. I can't say I, I, I can't say overall, but I want to say be, between weeks uh, one and weeks three versus Baltimore uh, versus Jackson versus Baltimore. I do believe that Josh Downs was ta- targeted the most. So Michael Pittman Jr. has been targeted 34 times. Josh Downs has been targeted 24 times. Okay. Um, they're they're and then equal to the receptions. They're 10 apart on receptions. And MPJ's got 230 yards. And then Josh Downs has 124. Okay. So yeah. So I think I I, I want to say I thought they were pretty close. I thought or not pretty close, but I thought they were a little bit closer in targets, but still about 10 apart. Being from Josh Downs being a rookie versus Pittman, I mean, that's still pretty good. But, I mean, as you can see with the targets, Pittman is, is wide receiver one. Um, we'd love to get AR back and just see him consistently back in the offense so we can see some of this offense be a little bit more diverse, see the ball get spread out, be able to see Pitt, uh, Pierce emerge a little bit. But uh, in my opinion, I love Pittman. Um, I'm pretty sure Trev uh, loves Pittman as well. Zach and Damon still have their questions about Pittman. They prefer a little bit more explosive there. I think Matt is, is cool with Pittman and wants to extend him and whatnot, but he also believes we need some more explosiveness there at receiver. Uh, um, I think what we need out of the receivers is a little bit more separation. Okay, yeah, separation. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think a lot of the catches, if you really watch them, are all contested. Um, MPJ is probably one of the few that gets open. Juju's – or not Juju um, – Josh, I saw his name in the comments. Uh, yeah, Josh, they're they're the two that get the most separation. It's not very often, but they do. I think Josh does get it in those intermediate middle of the field, uh, in between the number throws. MPJ gets it on the outside. Um, what I want to see, because someone even hit me up last week in the middle of the game, because they were looking at fantasy wise, and they were like, "Well, how do you feel about Pierce?" And I told him I was like, "That guy gets zero separation off the line down the field. He gets nothing." Mm-hmm. I would so, love for him to go work with uh like a Devontae Adams in the offseason. If he yeah. can try and link up with him, go work with him. You're a bigger guy, and, I mean, you're even faster than Devontae Adams. So if you just work on your short area quickness and be able to get off the line faster, you could be so damn good because his downfield speed, it's just it's, – it's elite. And if he could use it right, it'll really work for him. Yeah. Uh, Robert Thompson's here asking, what do you guys think of the rookie left tackle starting? Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm not totally confident in him. He struggled in the preseason at right tackle. Um, I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm worried though. I, I mean it's just him playing the position, um, being used to it. He's been moving around, um, kind of been the floating guy uh on, as a lineman, and he's also a rookie. So for him to have to go start his first game in the NFL, um, being a left tackle and to potentially have Aaron Donald sitting over him. I'm just worried about penalties with him. So as long as he can keep the holding penalties down, which he won't need to do much because AR can move and he has great pocket awareness. Um, and then just the whole line as well, being able to communicate and not having pre, pre-snap penalties. Those were one of the things that I'm worried about. Um, we got to make sure we stay out of third and long because that's been our trouble uh, all year. So what what I want him to do, this is what I want to see out of him because it goes with the penalties because what you see a lot from these – rookie left tackles or these rookie offensive linemen is holding exactly and and i that's that's the one thing i don't want to see happen a lot tomorrow because he's gonna be he's gonna see ad a few times 
may even uh, see some blitzes. Yeah, and what I don't want to see him do is grab him. Like, just don't grab him because you have a quarterback that can make that guy miss. 100%. Let, let AR do what he's got to do. Let AR identify. I want to see AR be able to identify what's coming off that edge. But then make make guys miss. Don't hold just, him because AR can make that, that guy blitzing off that edge. Make he him pay. Turn, he could turn that play into a, a 10, 15-yard gain and then – Let's say he, he turns it into a 10, 15-yard gain, and you held him. That's exactly. a 10-yard loss. <laughs> exactly. So that's, that's what I do. I just want to see him not get those penalties too, man. That's that's it. Uh, you're going to miss blocks. Don't expect him to be able to hold up a block every time. Exactly. Just, just do your best to be a street cone and just be in the guy's way. You do not have to hold. You don't have to grab. Nope. Just be in slow the guy's down. way. Slow him down. Slow him that's down. It. And uh, and Zach Moss runs hard, so you're not got to worry about him playing around in the backfield. And AR can and move himself really well. Uh, and we got a uh, Chris uh, Chris Kaiser coming in here with a comment. What did you guys think about Juju? Love him. Um, Love so- him, I, bro. I, all right. So I listened to I listened to his locker talk, mm-hmm. and then I listened to his interview uh, later on in the week on the Colts podcast. And this dude has me excited. Just how calm collected he is. He's not one of those guys that is trying to feed you crappy answers when you're talking to him. Like who's afraid to talk to the media. He's going to give you those, you know, could he cutter answers? You know, those, those answers that are like, Oh, well, you know, we played well. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You know, no, this guy is, he's fun. He's relaxed, you know, and he's, he's Indiana born, man. He, he, that guy is just the way he played last week, you know, to come in, to have, you know, the, the breakup and the passes, um, the fumble, the force fumble down the field on a play that ultimately could have changed the whole outcome of that game. It was early in the game when he forced that fumble, but that play alone changed the whole outcome of the game. If we didn't get that fumble, it so, was actually Baltimore's second drive of the game. And we were at jeopardy of going down 14, zero, facts so uh yeah me personally um i love juju's attitude uh i'm gonna put it right together as josh down i was telling matt and these guys these guys had that dog mentality they got that kind of confidence that you want on your team like it's cool to have the humble guys that aren't hella cocky and whatnot or whatever every once in a while you gotta have one of those guys that know they're they're a player and you got to come to see them. And that's what we've missed. I've always felt like with Frank Wright, we were always on our heels. And I feel like with some guys like Juju and Josh Downs and, and Zaire Franklin, we got dudes who are going to step to you and be in your face about it. So that's one so, of the things I really love about Juju. I didn't um, uh, grade him out too much in coverage just because it was his first time. And um, and, and the way the, the Ravens run their scheme, they're still working through their scheme. Um, with their new offensive coordinator, so it wasn't like he was getting a ton of targets, but he did. Like Matt said, he had the one pass breakup, the forced fumble recovery. Um, and then uh, he – I mean, he did his job when he was on Zay Flowers, which a lot of people thought we were going to get torched by Zay Flowers. Um, so, uh, love Juju. Um, can't wait for him to keep going. So, he said something this week, too. He was asked about, you know, because if you watch him on tape, he's talking a lot of trash to the other team. Yep, and they asked him why he did that, whether it was psych him out, whatever. And he said, "No, I just want to know what kind of man I'm up against." He was like, "If, if you talk and they laugh, you know you're already in their head, and you know you're going to win that battle more often than not." 
And then he said, but if you talk and they talk back, you know it's going to be a dog fight and you got to come on them hard. So he said, and he said he'll just talk all game long and he loves it. And that's what I like to see, man. Zaire was talking trash to Kenyon Drake last week. Juju was out there talking. You know, those those are those are the things I've been wanting to see. Those are things we didn't see last year where they were they, they weren't talking, they weren't vocal. You know, you've got Quentin Nelson running 15 yards downfield again, pick people up, you know. So I feel like we got the Colts back, man. I feel like we got the Colts back, and I'm hype about it. Yeah, Chris is also asking here about uh KJ Hamler. Um, so there's not too much to really think about as for right now. He's just on the practice squad. Um, but um I will say he's a very good deep threat, um, but he had the heart condition, which he was out of football for a little bit. He's got to stay healthy. Um, but if we can get him on the field, I think this would be a very good fit with him and AR on some of those deep balls from at least from the time that we need for Alec Pierce to develop, to be able to work on him, uh, his way to get that going. Uh, so not too much about it right now. Like the signing. I say, I like it. Um, but we got to, Wait until he gets to the active roster to be able to really say anything about it. Uh, so, thanks, Ralph, for coming in. So Robert Thompson here says who will be on 2-2. Uh, we don't my, play that way. Yeah, we don't play that way. But if there's anyone who's going to – who would play on him, I would say it would be Juju um, because of his wingspan. That dude's got a long wingspan from hand to hand. That man can – he can make up for getting beat by just having long arms. Um but, yeah, we don't play that type of defense. We're not man-to-man, so it's not going to be one of those. You're, you're not going to see somebody follow uh, Atwell from one side to the other. Yeah. Unless yeah, you also personally, got, they got they got Nuka back too, I believe. Exactly, yeah. So, me personally, <laughs> I'm going to stay in my zone, make sure we don't get beat deep because that, that's my key to the game right there is on 2-2. We got to be able to keep uh, 2-2 at bay and then obviously keep slowing down that run game, which – they did terrible against the Bengals last week, so I'm hoping we can keep that up. I uh, you know a lot of people was expecting Kyron Williams to have a big game, and I don't know if they've watched any Indianapolis football and saw what we do to running backs, but uh, I, I guess that's just one of those things where somebody thinks a running back is going to go off against us because only one who really does is Derrick Henry. So, I mean, I, I don't know where to get that from. So, yeah, my, my key yeah. to the game is 2-2, um, controlling him. If I had to personally match somebody up one-on-one with him, I'm going to say the opposite of what Matt said, though. I'd like to see Flowers on him just because he can match him speed for speed. That'd be my only thing that I'd I'd like to see the difference on there um, just because he can make up the speed to get to him. And, um, I mean, that would really be the difference. I I mean, I don't I don't think Tutu Atwell is an elite receiver. I'd be more worried about Puka Nakua because he's going to get a lot of targets. They use him like Cooper Cup. So, I mean – I just match speed for speed, and then if um, if Juju is on him, Matthew Stafford gives you chances. So like Matt said, uh, Juju has the reach to be able to get maybe some tip passes or even an interception. So, yep. All right, James here says, hey, guys, how do you guys think India is going to do against the Rams this week, and what is your thoughts on defense so far? I'm going to say this. This game is going to come down to rushing on both sides, right? So it's going to come down to our rushing attack rushing right at Aaron Donald, and it's going to come down to us making them one-dimensional, right? Because if you look at them statistically, they're pretty much almost bottom of the league in rushing, right? They're, they're, I think they're like 19th in attempts, 25th in yards. Yeah, get, Kyron get, Williams had that good week one, and then that was pretty much it. Yeah, so they're, they're 27th in yards per attempt. 
They're they're 3.4 yards per attempt in rushing uh, as a team. And then their defense is ranked 24th, allowing 4.5 yards per attempt in rushing. So to be completely honest, if we can exploit their rush defense and make them one-dimensional on offense, it's easy. This game I, I, I look at this, I'm not worried about this game. I'm confident. And I don't like being confident going into a game because I feel like if I'm too confident, then when we lose, I'm going to be real mad because I feel like this is a game that we can really come in together and we can dominate defensively and AR can really solidify himself. Absolutely. You want to love to see it. Uh, I'm going to take a step back real quick because to the comment I think that Didi made earlier, she was asking about Michael Pittman. Just to add on to our thoughts here, Michael Pittman Jr. is the only – player in the NFL uh, with eight plus catches in all three games. He's uh, sixth in the NFL in targets and with 34. He's third tied for third, third in the league with 25 catches. His catch rate is at 73.5%, which is fourth. His yards after catch is 116th, which is tied for sixth. And he has zero drops. He has been accredited zero drops through, through the um, first three games of the league uh, the year right now. Um, so Michael Pittman Jr. is absolutely – uh, playing very well. And then um, I just want to jump into James's comment here about the defense thoughts so far. I'm going to tell you this right now. We we can rattle them off about how this defense is, is doing right now. Zaire Franklin, 38 solo tackles, which is the most through three weeks per P, uh, PFF. Cole's defense has 12 most tackles uh, or 12 most forced fumbles, I'm sorry, in the NFL, only behind, um, I believe it was uh, the Steelers. I know that was sacks with Steelers. I don't know who leads the league in fumbles, but we're second there, second most in sacks. And then Juju was the third highest ranked uh, corner um, last week. And then also, just to add, we have seven players with one at least one sack in the NFL, and then we have four players with at least two or more in the NFL. I think this defense – has a chance to be absolutely elite. The only reason we are not ranked higher and not getting more credit for being elite defense is because uh, week two against um, the Texans where we gave up 380 passing yards to C.J. Stroud. I think this defense is going to be can be an absolute monster. And um, this week against the Rams, if we can force an early turnover, I think we can cause mayhem for them all game long. That's facts. Also, to go back to MPJ, if he keeps this pace up, what he's going, he's averaging 76 yards per game. Uh, he's he's looking at about 1,300 yards on the season. So that'd be a good uh, a good way to solidify himself and earn a contract is if he keeps this pace. Just keep this pace, and he's good. Um, but I agree about the defense, man. This defense is doing something that not everybody expected to happen this early. Um. And I, I agree with Trev right here. I really think the defense is going to feast. Um, I told DeMarco last week, as soon as the Ra- the Ravens game ended, I, when we actually like finally ended after the war of 13 yards, as <laughs> Rick Venturi called it, which is why we titled this episode that. Um, I said to him, I said, look, we're, we could go – we're about to go 2-1 and one without our starting quarterback. Most likely we, we all expected to have AR back this week. And I said, if we have AR back this week, that gives us I, – I personally believe – we. I instantly said we were going to be 3-1 and one by the time we get JT back. <clears throat> to be 3-1 and one for the first month of football without your, your star running back, 
man, I can only imagine what this team is going to be with JT back. And our entire division is below us. Just below so everybody us. knows. Below and, us. and they all have tough matchups. So we got a good chance to get a good game and a half lead on everybody. So, so Ralph here says Steichen will wear Rams defense out if our run game is on. Keep the defense on the field and don't give Rams time. So I agree with this to an extent because this is definitely the way uh, our Stafford offense likes to play. Yeah, this oh, – yeah. Oh, yeah, this, this is the way that Steichen runs our offense. He's going to go with whatever's working, and he's going to wear you out that way. Um, but he's going to want to be putting points on the board first before we start just running and running the ball. If you, if you look at the first three weeks, he doesn't start heavily running the ball until we've got points on the board, even if they have points on the board, right? So if it's 14-14, if it's he's going to start running the ball heavily. He'll control the clock. That has um, been the and, yep. And here's the thing. He doesn't need to not give the Rams time, if that makes sense. Their offense is not scary at all. Like if you look at their offense, if you watch tape on, on Matthew Stafford, when they drop back to pass, almost every pass is, has the ability to be intercepted unless a dude is wide open. Like Matthew Stafford's looking like Detroit, Matthew Stafford. He's going to give you he's going to put up the yards, but he's also going to put a lot of ball up in the air where defense can snag it. There's a lot of turnovers going to be on the field tomorrow. That's going to be left there whether we get them or not. They're going to be there. That's exactly what's to my point to that comment. That's exactly why I said if we can force a, a early turnover, maybe a strip, strip sack fumble, uh uh Trev mentioned here in the comments about maniac forcing a fumble. So It'd be one of those, maybe get one on Kyron Williams. We force some kind of turnover and we get the Rams down seven, ten to zero, something like that. We force Stafford to start throwing that ball. We got a good chance to make it a, a, a terrible game for them all day. Uh, their offensive line is going to struggle. I want to understand where we said Bernard, where anyone said Bernard Ryman was our weak point of our. So, that, so I don't think anyone said that. So real quick, everybody, David Stewart says here, our, our second string O-line guys will need to step up. Funny how Bernard was thought of the weakness mid last year, and now he's arguably our best overall O-lineman. Um, so this isn't a Colts fan thing for anybody who's out there questioning, just like Matt just uh, asked. This board been a big media thing. So even last oh, okay. year, well, even towards the end of the season last year, um, the media were still mocking us to select an offensive tackle. <laughs> to, to say they said we needed a left tackle. And, oh yeah, I do remember that. And, I never and so that. it was just one of those things where I was like, I also was just like, where do you guys get this from? This is why yeah. casual fans start commenting and saying dumb stuff, just throwing in the air because you're not watching this team. Maybe you think they suck, so you don't want to watch them. But that's one of the reasons why I won't really comment on a team that I haven't really watched a lot of because I don't know. I'm not going to like, you just look like an idiot when you comment things that you don't know. It's like saying, Oh yeah, your guy sucks. It's like, well, he just leads the league in this, this, and this, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? So, um, so yeah. Um, I also, so just to also comment back on this, the second part of, or the first part of what you said. So last week, uh, AR went out or when AR went out with a cushion concussion, um, Wesley French was already our starting center, or he was our center that played in Baltimore. Uh, and then Fries 
and then Smith was over there at right tackle. He should be playing, and Quentin Nelson should be playing. So the same guy who started against Baltimore, a very blitz-heavy team. Maybe they didn't have Aaron Donald, but they're still a blitz-heavy team. Um, and then Fries is still in there. And the only person that we're going to be replacing on Sunday is if everything goes the way it should, if, if uh, Braden Smith plays, is Bernard Wright. So this second string comment that you guys or, or what everybody is thinking, it's not as bad as you think it is. The tough part is, yes, you're playing with a, a backup left tackle, but we also have to remember, AR is not a statue in the pocket. If we had a different quarterback, if this was Gardner Minshew that was probably going to be starting this game, I'd be a little bit more worried with him just having to sit in the pocket. But this is also, not the same type of worry. I'm also going to talk about the comment that he made later on. Uh, we'll come back to James and everybody. Uh, Dave then again says, first eight games last year he struggled. People were doubting him. Now he's doing well. Well, the first eight games last year, in week one he played 17% of the snaps. Week two he played 30% of the snaps. Week three he was inactive. Week four he played 0% of the snaps. Then he played the whole game in Denver. Uh, the week six he played 14% of the snaps. And then week seven and eight, he didn't play. So he didn't even actually become a starting left tackle until week nine. That's why he struggled the first eight weeks of the season. Because everybody's seeing, you know, he struggled, but really he was playing as a backup for those first eight games to yeah. Matt Pryor. Who and they also were playing a terrible scheme. It just terrible. didn't work. Didn't so if, work you notice, if you notice, he became a starter after – Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday became the head coach, and then boom, he started every game, and that's when you started to see him progress and become better. There was a lot that happened last year to where a lot of things looked terrible. You cannot and get better at playing goal. football if you're not playing football. Right. So simple right. that. Right. So, all right, to go to James Sims. <laughs> uh, 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 Robert. Also, oh, my bad. Robert's next, I think. Yeah, yeah. Got, you, got you. So James says, I've also heard people talking about Colts should keep Minshew as the starter and just bench Richardson. What's your opinion on that? I think you need to go ahead and go look at what Minshew has actually done. Yeah, Minshew was uh, – he kept us afloat by making his Deacon Dunk type plays, but he's not a threat, man. Um, yeah, look at, look at his face. I mean, like he said earlier, DeMarco said it earlier, our offense put only 10 points on the board. We we only hit the red zone twice last week. Twice. We can't do that against every game. We cannot play like we did last week every single week and expect to win games like that. We can't because there are going to be teams that we face that are going to blow us out of the water. We did it last year. Yeah. Why Why you guys want to see it all over again? Look, anybody who thinks Minshew should be the starter, I'm going to say like Stephen A. Say, you need to stay off the weed. <laughs> like, stop it, man. Look, I, I love Minshew. I think the dude's a rough rider. You love his passion. You love when he comes in. You love that he stays ready to come in and play. But this man is a backup. He's a career backup. I don't care that Ursay called him a starter. I don't care that he finished out a game against Houston and won one against Baltimore. This is something that will die out very quickly, and it already has. Remember when Minshew came in and beat us week one when we had Phillip Rivers, and then the Jags went on to go 1-15? Like, this is just one of those things that you just can't win. And so Minshew is very limited at what he can do, and that's why it just not it just doesn't work very long. Look, so, I said it. I said it, <clears throat> I said it during the week, too. If you go back and you look at the tape, if we had AR playing in the game last week, it wouldn't have been a 22-19 to 19 game. It would have been. We were, the, score, we, the score would have been 
extremely lopsided and about <laughs> about 30 minutes shorter of a game. And then and then you hear all the media really talking about Baltimore and saying that they blow this game because they lost bad to the Colts. Did they just have a very yeah. bad day? Like that's yeah. what it would have been. So yep. it wouldn't have been a close one. Um, so our opinions on that is just love Minshew. I want to keep him as a backup. I'd even be willing to keep him next year if a backup if he, if he's willing to stay or unless somebody's not willing to overpay him to take him as a starter, maybe the Jets. Um, but he he's not starting caliber. And if anybody wants to watch that all season, I am not willing to die on that. So yeah. again, like last year, I'm, I'm not trying not to watch. Do. I'm not trying to watch a game every week and it be like last week. I'm not trying yeah. to do that. No. I want to enjoy my Sundays, man. Yeah, I enjoy. Them. I mean, shit. I mean, if anybody watched the start of that Texans versus Colts game, it was fourteen to zero within like five minutes. Are we are we being serious here? There was like, we now. scored we scored twice within fourteen seconds of each other. I mean, like we gotta we gotta <laughs> we gotta chill on this one, man. I know AR has been hurt, and I've also I've been criticizing him a little bit for not being able to finish games, and then we're obviously going to see his ups and downs as a rookie. So please bear with him with that. But the difference of his game changing plays, there's it, just it's just not even close. It's not. It's really not. So. We haven't even seen him break out yet. Not, yeah. not even not close. even not even on his legs. I mean, yeah, we saw two two touchdowns against I Houston mean, that were that were QB <laughs> drawn up plays. But after that, it was, I mean, before that, yeah, you haven't seen him really break out a, a big run yet. You haven't seen him really stretch the field with his legs or stretch the field with his arm. Like we haven't really seen what his full potential is yet. I don't know if you remember me telling you guys on Monday that I had like lost my voice. And I sent that like first uh, voice message in the chat. If AR would have finished that game versus Houston, bro, I don't think I'd have a voice, bro. I was going crazy when we started the game. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I remember, uh, what was it? I was telling, I want to say it was Trev when he was like, will he have two passing TDs and one rushing TD? I was like, no, nah, I think he'll have two passing and one rushing. I thought dude was well on his way to having five touchdowns and it could have been either way. Like, I, I just, if he would have just, if he would have just full speed ran into that end zone, and at least just got a push in the back or something like that into the end zone, just he just got to finish the games, man. Just finish the games, keep playing. Facts. And I'm telling you, if we can see the full potential of this guy, the league better be on notice. Houston, he, that Houston game, he would have put the whole league on notice. That's yeah, that, that game yeah. would have been nuts. just just like Ralph says it right here. Yeah, my, my heart yeah. can't take more games like last week. We had to deal with it all of last year, except it was even worse because we couldn't score and we couldn't move the ball and we had to watch Matt Ryan down there die all the time. So let's not do it. For anybody who's out there thinking Minshew wants to take over, let's relax, all right? Um, So uh, I see a JT comment in there. I'm going to treat this just like uh, Coach Shane Steichen. Um, JT should be back next week off the pup, and for now – we're just going to leave all those questions off the board until he comes back. I'm just playing, man. I'm, no, I'm, I'm just playing. No, I was just playing. I do, I do want to make a comment about this, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I'd love to see JT back. But guess what? When you do come off the pup, now you have to earn your spot back from Zach Moss. Mm. You don't just get that RB1 spot right away. You got to earn that shit back. With everything that you've done in the offseason, I get it. You want your money. The Colts didn't want to extend you right now. The reasons make sense. 
your reasons for being upset make sense. But Zach Moss has come in here and has been a very good option for the Colts and has done his job for two weeks in a row. He's got 210 yards in two weeks. You know, in my opinion, you don't just give JT that spot back. He needs to earn that. He needs to earn that back. Uh, Chris Kaiser says no comment here. Chris, uh, what's that? What's that mean? What, what, what are we talking about there? Um, uh, where are we? My bad. We're at the JT one. Okay. Yeah. Um, so to Matt's point, I'm, I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily, I don't know if I would say JT needs to earn back, but obviously he's going to need some reps to get it going. But as well as Zach Moss has played, I don't think it's fair to just, you know, kick him to the back burner because the dude run hard. So he, he gives you that I'm playing for you effort. So I'm with Matt. If me and Matt were on the coaching staff and he says, hey, you you got to show us you need to earn it back, I'm all right there with him. The one thing I will say, um, uh, I, I don't really call it drama. Me personally, I'm I'm I am one of the guys that's on the player side. I've had this argument with Zach quite a bit. Um, but I think if a guy wants his money and he has to do whatever he has to say to earn his money, then I'm totally fair with it because an organization can do with you what they will. And everybody's just like, oh, yeah, this organization is dumb or, oh, OK, they just traded a player away or whatever. So I don't really think it's drama. Um, agree with Matt. If you want to stick with Moss until JT earns it back. But at the same time, what I will say is I can't wait to see JT play in this offense with him and AR in a backfield together. I can't wait to see the fireworks. I tell you that now, if we can get him back and we keep him, we work everything out. I think it'll be absolutely fireworks if we can get the guy back. So that's where I'm at with that. You had any further comment on that one, Matt? No. All right. Uh, Tristan says, what's up, fellas? What's up, man? Good to have you back. Uh, oh, Chris was talking about the Gardner Minshew thing, saying that he, he's a backup. He don't he don't get why people are having those thoughts. Yeah. Uh, Juju's looking good. Yeah, you missed that segment. We already talked about that. Yeah, and Troy was saying he lived in West Virginia. A lot of Ravens fans there. Okay. Well, it looks like we got through most of that. You guys keep shooting those comments in. We'll start getting into some more discussions. Um, all right, so th- since we did uh, talk about so, uh, a lot of the things that were good about that Baltimore Raven game, Matt, what did you see in that game that you think we need to improve up on or something that we did not do well in that game that the Colts should also be watching? Because you can't just see all the good and not want to look at what you need to improve upon. What do you think the Colts need to do better for uh, either in the future um, or game wise, or any players. Uh, uh, personally, I think it all boils down to our wide receiver core um, and our tight ends. I think these guys need to start finding a way to get open. Um, and Can't and when you are open, Johnny Woods back, man. When your arm, when you are open, you need to make those catches, uh, even if they're contested. If you, I mean, AP uh, AP has no business dropping passes. He doesn't. Um, but the thing is, is it's like. I think that's one of our biggest downfalls offensively is dropped passes and not getting separation. Um, yeah, you can say the safety blitz off the edge. Got it. The first time, let it slide. The second, third time, it was obvious. We we all saw it coming before it was happening. He creeped up to the line. like You had time on the play clock to go ahead and see that and make some kind of an adjustment, which – they did in the second half. He didn't really get back there very much. Um, started bringing a running back in the block. But at that point, it's like 
if that's AR, he's making that guy miss. Um, yeah, I've had to watch it for uh, two straight weekends now. Uh, Minshew did it last week, and uh, Graham Mertz did it today for the Gators, where there's literally a blitz coming, and they just keep either running or backing up. Like, throw the ball away, bro. Like, come on, man. You got to wake up. Like, that's – um, yeah, so I'm with you there on that one. Um, as for so me – I do oh, agree with I do agree with some of these comments too. You know, uh, Kaiser saying special teams field position punt returner. I mean, that was a one time situation. Yeah, he could have he could have <laughs> fair caught that, and that was pretty much almost the end of the game for us. Um, yeah, but I'll give him a pass just because it happened. It wasn't like he fumbled it. That yeah, that, no. that that was where I was at with it because we were pretty pissed about it in our group chat as well. Um, but he didn't fumble it, and and to me, like if you fumble that punt return, we're dead because they're right in the red zone. Um, but at the same time, you know, if that's AR in there, you don't want a rookie on his own damn goal line. And just like how Minshew end up stepping out and getting the safety. Um, just one of those things where you, you don't want to be in that position. So yeah, uh, Minshew, Minshew just joined the bad side of a highlight you're gonna find on YouTube in 10 years. That's that's, that's much all that. <laughs> to to Dave to Dave's here point at the bottom. He had two really good returns that also yeah. pretty much helped us because without those two returns. We don't get six points out of it on those two field goals that we had, like I said, because we weren't really moving the ball. So without those two returns, we don't get six points as well. So, so I do I do want to say something about what Rob says. Rob says, uh, I think the D.C. needs to keep the foot on the gas when we have the lead, as I noticed last year and this year, that we let off the gas when we were ahead. I want to say that this goes on both sides of the ball. Um, 100%. Both sides of the ball have gone soft, and they go soft way too early. They go soft late in the third or early in the fourth. They go into this four-minute offense and four-minute defense, and they go soft like, oh, the game's already in. And and pretty much that's how we lost against Jacksonville um, was because we went into four-minute offense in the third quarter, and it was kind of, it kind of boggled my mind. Um, and I think against Houston, uh, we went into it late in the or early in the fourth. I think it was like around the 11-, 12-minute mark. We went into this run every play type offense, and then they they almost you know did what they did. Um, and then last week we did the same thing. Uh, I think it was a little later. I think it was like the eight nine minute mark of the fourth quarter that we started going into that. But yeah, I agree. Uh, defensively, we definitely have gone soft, uh, especially in the fourth. We go soft, but every team does that. Every team kind of tries to keep the plays in front of them. It's a normal defensive tactic. Um, but then Gus in the overtime definitely stepped it back up. Uh, he definitely started blitzing heavily in overtime. So. <clears throat> yeah, I do want to comment on that as well because just like Matt said, every team does it. The problem is it's just when you do it. Gus even commented on this as well. It's like, yeah, we gave up a little bit of plays, but the thing is is when you back off in that 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 coverage where you're pretty much just letting them eat up yards or whatever, if you want to get them tackled, let that clock run. As Gus said, yeah, we gave up a little bit of plays, but what he wants to see is tighter coverage. So you may be backing off in that zone and giving up some cushion, but when you got a chance to play it tight, you know, we want to see tight coverage and maybe get a pass break up in there. We want to be able to make a little bit of plays on that. So um I, I definitely think uh, it was one of those things that I had questions about Gus Bradley um, as far as what we would do in that game versus Lamar because Lamar struggles against the blitz. And I'm going to tell you right now, I honestly would have guessed if 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 I didn't watch Sunday I, and I could just came on his podcast and said we beat the Ravens, 
there wouldn't have been a thought in my mind. I would have thought we would have blitzed 3% of the time. So uh, I think it does show some evolution from Gus Bradley. Um, I think that has to be a Shane Steichen influence. So 40%. I think, uh, 40% yeah. is a number you guys need to remember. This is something Gus Bradley's been in the NFL for, I don't know, probably longer than I've been alive. And he's been in, I think it was three decades. He's been in the NFL and 40% is the highest rate he's ever blitzed in a single game ever as a head coach, as a defensive coordinator. Um, and he's been doing that, I believe, since 2000. I, I think he became a DC in like 2009. 2000, yeah, 2009. So, you got to think, in, what, 15 years, 14 years, that man has never blitzed 40%. Ever. That was the highest That was the highest blitz rate of his career. And in the fourth quarter, overtime, we blitzed on 58% of the snaps, so pretty much every half uh, of the snaps. And, and that was one of the things, that was one of my keys to the game was to not let Lamar dictate the game. Um, we obviously had a really uh, lucky drop there from um, Isaiah Likely. Uh, that could have been a, a, a third down catch to end the game. You know, Baltimore's want to bitch about the fucking if, pass if, interference if he just catch the ball. Yeah, but if if you know if they didn't face mask MPJ, you know if they yeah. were throwing that flag, that well, game would have been over already. <laughs> yeah, that was after, but I meant like the drop before. They had chances to end us before, and everybody want to cry about the pi. And I'm like, well, you had a couple clear chances. Like I had a screenshot of it. The ball is literally right here, and Isaiah Lively dropped it. So I'm like, they, they had you like, guys had. <laughs> they had a load of chances in that game. That but the game did not come down to that penalty. At exactly. All. So I'm like, stop blaming refs. Make some plays, dude. You guys. If we if we blitz if we blitz forty percent tomorrow, Matthew Stafford's leaving with some kind of injury. I don't want to say that. I, I don't. I don't want to wish. I'm not wishing that on him. But Matthew so Stafford I, does not take well of getting hit. <laughs> so as a matter of fact, so now that we're talking about the DC in a little bit and we're going into that, um, I do want to say because uh, somebody had talked about this on Twitter. I think it was Lawrence Owen, and I commented on it. I think this is the opposite. I think this is the opposite. You do not want to blitz Matthew Stafford. I mean, I, I, I want to say not want to blitz him. I mean, obviously, you want to throw a little bit of uh, blitzes at him. But this is different than a Lamar Jackson. This is a, a Lamar Lamar Jackson is nowhere near as accomplished uh, passer as a um, Matthew Stafford. And this was kind of one of those things that I went uh, uh, with somebody about when we were talk, we were discussing and somebody talked about, oh, C.J. Stroud ate you up for 380. What do you think Lamar is going to do? Lamar ain't no fucking – he's not an accomplished passer. <laughs> like, I know everybody wants to go crazy about Lamar Jackson, but Lamar Jackson is not a, a sit-in-the-pocket-and-pick-you-apart type of guy. So um, that, that was nowhere near the same type of thing. And so in my opinion, I think you do – you want to mix up a lot of coverages. You don't want to keep the same thing as we would normally do in games like Gus Bradley would do. So you obviously so, want to mix that up. You want to maybe fake like some people are blitzing. You want to try and confuse Matthew Stafford. But I think if we actually blitz, I think Matthew Stafford is one of those old-school type of quarterbacks that will pick you apart in those blitzes or if you just sit in a straight zone. So I think the, so the, here the some, game plan should be to confuse, not to just blitz. Here are not some numbers. Uh, this is from last <clears throat> season. Um, he finished – the season seventh in yards per attempt, third in completion rate, and first in fantasy points per attempt versus the blitz. And exactly. That's why I say you don't you don't want to just blitz Lamar Jackson like you do with the uh, or, um blitz um Matthew Stafford like you would do with Lamar Jackson, just because I don't think that 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 fares the same way when you got a cerebral guy who's really a pocket passer 
there's ways that you want to try and throw him off. You got to try and confuse a guy like that because he's already dictating what he's going to do based off what he sees from your defense. It's kind of like playing against a Peyton Manning where he's too smart for himself, where you can trick him. And that's what we got to do. Put pressure on him with four, mix up some things in those back end, and you got to force him to turn it over. That's good thing is, the good thing is we know we can get pressure to get four. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's necessarily keep your foot on the gas if you mean just blitzing and stuff like that, but I would definitely say keep your foot on the gas as far as trying to confuse them and make some things happen. So you don't you don't want to just blitz at Matthew Stafford. Um, he said Robert here says, do you think Leonard will have a breakout game? This week? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know when that breakout game is coming. I, I <laughs> hope coming. so because this is I hope so because this is the game I had him breaking out. So. I'm hoping so. I, I think he he's four games in. He's been splitting a lot of snaps. Um, I think this is one of those games where we do need him because we need to force at least two turnovers, in my opinion. Um, and I think this has got to be one of those games, you know, DeForest Buckner dealing with a little bit of injury and stuff. I think he'll play, um, but we want to be able to take some of the wear off of those guys. They're going to be eating a lot of double teams as far as him and Grover. Probably going to see a little bit of max protection. Um, they just played Tyro Higby, who's also dealing with the, an Achilles injury, not not out with an Achilles, just a sore one. Um, but I think uh, there'll be there'll be some heavy blocking games this week. So I uh, do think this should be the breakout game. This is the game I would predict. Be about four games in, he's starting to get that back. So I, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. Oh, uh, Terry Bailey just hopped in here. He said, facts. I think he was agreeing with me about not blessing Matthew Stafford. Uh, thoughts on Juju? Glad to see him play last week. Um, we kind of went into it a little bit already. I don't know if you want to try and rewind that probably to about uh, about 10 to 30 minutes in or so. We talked about Juju quite a bit. Hey, what's up, Christina? I know you were happy to see your boy Minshew play the last two weeks. Um, but yeah, Terry, we uh we, we we chopped it up quite a bit about about Juju early on. Long, long story short, we like the guy. We like yeah. the guy for sure. Yeah. We I like his him. I like his energy. I like his trash talk. I like his wingspan. I like his ability to cover. Yeah, we like him. <laughs> All right, and then um, <clears throat> real quick, so just like I did last week, I'll, I'll probably do it. Uh, I'll do it again this week. Um, I'm going to give everybody our three keys to the game, what I think will be our keys to the game, three of them that I think we need to do to be able to win this game. So number one, key number one is going to be run the ball. Run the piss out of the ball. I need I need 30 carries between um, AR, Zach Moss, uh, and Trey Sermon. I need 30 carries between them them guys, um, be able to run the ball, control the clock, control Aaron Donald, where he what he's doing and how he's moving. Um, and, and basically this is not a very good run defense, so we should easily have about 150 yards close to halftime. I'd, I'd like to say, um, key number two, two will be control their receivers. Do not let Juju or not Juju, Tutu Atwell go off. Um, and then also don't, uh, let, uh, Pua Nakula, the, the Rams rookie wide receiver, get uh, multiple first downs and not let him just break open free within our secondary and get those first downs. Um, and number three is obviously the biggest one. The biggest one you can't miss is control Aaron Donald. 
do not just have ARs in the offensive line sitting on their heels and allowing this game to be blown up by Aaron Donald. Don't run counters away from him. Don't try and finesse around him. Don't try and do some trickery little little pitch toss back plays. Keep the line of scrimmage moving forward. Push him back. He does not like to be in the run game and getting pushed back. Those are my three keys to the game. Run the ball. Uh, control the receivers. Control Aaron Donald. Those are my three keys to the game for the Colts versus the Rams. Mine are, mine are pretty <laughs> and Mine are also run the ball, uh, specifically right at Aaron Donald. Uh, we talked about it all week. Their run defense is not good. We can run against them. We can throw against them. When you throw against them, they've got to be quick throws. They can't be, you know. Um, Seven-step drops, five-step drops. Right. They can't be. You don't, You ain't got that much time. Plus, if you do that, their corners are pretty good at recovering. Um, Witherspoon, he's not graded very high on the edge, but he's pretty good at uh, coverage, especially on those in routes. Um, he had a pick last week uh, right off of the in route where he played that thing tight. So uh, the other thing is uh, my other key is get AR moving. Uh, basically, what I mean is do those do those QB runs early. Early and often. Uh, the reason I think we need to do that is because it's going to slow down AD. It's going to make AD question where he wants to rush from. Uh, it's going to make him question where he wants to stunt from. Last week, uh, they got he got two pressures on a guy who can't move. Uh, if anybody's tracking, Joe Burrow's got that messed up calf. He's not very. He's barely able to move. Um, so they weren't able to get. They were they weren't able to get much pressure on a guy who can't move. So if you keep AR moving around, he's not going to get pressure, and then he's going to be able to pick a ball. I think, I think we need to call some play actions. Uh, and then three is just control Matthew Stafford. In my opinion, control Matthew Stafford. Yeah, control receivers, but at the same time, Matthew Stafford can find a way to just pick you apart all day long. He can make your day hell. Uh, he's one of those guys that goes under the radar as, as you know, he doesn't get talked about much as a top QB in the league, but he can do it. He can make your team miserable all game long. Control Matthew Stafford. Absolutely. <clears throat> Find me disagreeing there because uh, that, that's exactly what I meant about blitzing. You do not want that man uh, get you apart. Dave also tossed in his three here. He says uh, pressure, uh, pressure with four, utilize tight ends, get Josh Downs involved early. I'm not mad about those either. That's facts. I would That's say facts. these tight ends need to separate better. I, I don't know. I haven't checked the, the snap count between tight ends um, as much, but I think due to some of our matchups, uh, I don't think Granson has been playing a ton. I, I, I don't quote me on that, please, because I'm not 100% sure, but I just – Granson's I just got the had, I just, I just uh, – yeah, yeah, I'm passing plays, but I, I don't know if he's in the mix as much just because of, like, our run combinations and stuff because I feel like I've seen Mo and um, and Ogletree since he's came back a little bit more. So just not 100% sure on that, but I, I definitely thought that Granson um, – would have gone off just a little bit more, but if he's got the most targets, I guess that's right where he should be. But you know, I then, I was, then I would yeah. then I would then I would agree. We definitely need to use utilize these tight ends a little bit more, especially with the Rams linebacking core not being one of their strengths. So Kylan Grant, <laughs> Granson's been getting over fifty percent of the snaps every game. He got uh sixty one percent of the snaps in week one, sixty five percent of the snaps in week two. 
and then uh 52 percent of the snaps in uh week three i wish you could see if those were pass or run they're all pass. so offensive snaps um i'm pretty sure they're they're all passing snaps because it says 44 37 and 44 Hey, appreciate you, Terry. Uh, if you're on Twitter, also go check us out on Twitter, Kicking with the Crew. Also on Instagram at Kicking with the Crew. Appreciate you. Please like, share, subscribe if you could on YouTube. Appreciate you. <clears throat> yeah, well, yeah, I guess that's a uh, that's that's pretty um, downing for me to hear uh, to hear that he's on the snaps for pretty much all passing and not being targeted as well. So, yeah, I'll agree with uh, Dave there. We need to utilize Granson a bit more because he was one of the highest separators that we had last year. So we need to utilize that guy when we can. So. I think last week the game plan was to try to spread the field open um, to open up for the run. So I think yeah. I think that's why a lot of the plays were more downfield mm -hmm. last week uh, than we're used to seeing. And I think it was because um, – Shane was trying to open up that run more, keep the ball out of Lamar's hands. So I think For this sure. week, I think this week we, we'll probably see a little bit more Kylan, kind of like you do, and like we did in week one and week two. So, gotcha. <clears throat> did you have Zach's locks? I did not. Uh, he didn't give I wonder, them. I wonder if he sent it. Did, did Trevin Damon send them? I just texted them and told them to send them. Yeah, I seen that one, but I thought he would have. Oh, it was uh between the Broncos and the Bears. Oh yeah, he said he said the winner of that one. I'll probably just use his as the Broncos because if the Broncos don't beat the Bears, they got real problems over there. No, they just <laughs> lost by seventy points. Of course, they got. I problems. mean, yeah, but the 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 Bears are not scoring seventy, so. Like if you lose to the Bears after giving up seventy, y'all might as well pack it in and just move. <laughs> Get the hell out of Denver. Let Sean Payton go. Let Russell Wilson go and just so rebuild. We'll, we'll say them. Uh, these, send Pat Sertain to the Colts. We're doing, <laughs> we're doing. So if everybody doesn't know, we do our locks. All right, we pick a team that we think is going to def definitely win uh, on Sunday. Um, so this week, uh, Zach. Since he's not on today, he did say somebody was going to win between the Broncos and um, the damn Bears. He said somebody was going to win. So we don't know who he's going with. Uh, we're just going to say Broncos because just like uh, DeMarco just said. Because they, they better win. If they, if they don't win, I mean, what, what else do you got? You get blew out by 70. You can't beat the Bears. Like. If you're if you're a Broncos fan or you're the Broncos, I mean, I, I'd be really ready to blow it up if you can't beat the Bears. I mean, I just I, I don't see what what the hell they're gonna do. That's fact. Robert, I honestly don't think the Dolphins would do anything they did against the Broncos against us, to be perfectly honest with you. And I'm I'm not trying to sugarcoat that. I'm not just being a Colts fan. I'm not taking this like the media. Like, obviously, I'm glad I watched the Colts to be able to see, but the way we play defense, the Dolphins would not do that to us. Nope. That's, that's just me. So, Trev is locking the Colts. He's got us beating the Rams. That's his lock this week. All right. Uh, we don't have, we don't know who Damon's is, so we'll have to wait for him to answer us, and then we'll put it in the graphic. You guys check it out on the page later on. So who you got for your lock, Marco? My lock for this week is probably going to be like a 
obvious one. Mine's um, but I'm but I'm choosing the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> over the too. Arizona Cardinals. Uh, that is my lock for this week. I know the Arizona Cardinals, they beat the Cowboys Let's... and they've been playing everybody really tough. Um, and actually the I want to say the year the Niners went to the Super Bowl or or one of those years that the Cardinals went like two and fourteen or something, they actually beat the Niners those two times. But uh I just think this is gonna be one of those games where the Niners are gonna come ready to play. Um, they're more physical than the Cowboys, in my opinion. They're 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 not gonna play around with the Cardinals. So I went with the obvious pick last week against Arizona, and I did pick the Cowboys <laughs> as my lot. You so, wrong, man. But this week I am I am going Niners. Um Niners look too good. There's there's no I don't I don't think there's any way. But yeah, uh yeah, so me and Matt got the Niners. Um don't know who Damon got. I feel like no, nah, I don't know who Damon would have chose. Um, but yeah, uh hey, if we do find out, it would have to be in the playoffs. So let's find out. I'd be pretty happy about it. Yeah, no, nah, uh uh Jim was saying He's saying the uh, Denver Broncos and the Bears will finish in a tie. Man, if they finish in a tie, I'm just telling you guys, like, I, me personally, if I was a Broncos fan and we, we just watched our team get blew out by 70, right? We give up a 18-point uh, lead over the Commanders. And you come out and you lose to the Bears who don't even look like they can coach. They can play football. The receiver is saying that his coaches are the problem. The quarterback is saying that that the coaching is different. Like, they are just on fire right now. And obviously, they're going to come ready to play. But the Denver Broncos, you just got spanked. You come out and you lose to the Bears. I would be really – I'd just trade Russell Wilson, fire Sean Payton, Trade Pat Sertain and get some big picks for him. Just reload everything. Exactly. I, I just I I I'm just telling you, man, I, I could not do it. If I was a Broncos fan and we lost to the Bears, I, I just I'd be done with it. I'd be I'd be over. God man, my daughter's still screaming. Yeah, I agree. And the funny thing is, everybody said Sean Payton was gonna save them. And I told y'all early on, I don't think Sean Payton makes a difference. I mean, even if he did, their defense is the problem now. Their defense was supposed to be good. Oh, that's that's rough. Um, right, Robert so. is locking the Falcons. And then uh, Gabriel Rodriguez just came in here. Will uh, Nelson and Brady's going to play tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You guys trust feeling. So, yeah, we, we discussed this a little bit already. Um, you'll have to go back through and watch it. But I will say uh, I believe Nelson and Braden will both play um, and start uh, Freeland. I think he should be able to do okay. It's not like we got a statue sitting back there um, in the pocket because AR will be back. Uh, I think the only thing for him is is just to realize that he doesn't need to hold and um, just make sure we're, we're make sure we don't have any pre-snap issues. That needs to be the thing for this offensive line. You know, just don't have those penalties that'll force us back over something dumb. All right, what's your prediction for tomorrow? <sighs> My prediction for tomorrow. So, I mean, I, I honestly feel like a real homer because at first I started out saying, like, I, I predicted us to start 0-2 and then to go 2-2, and and we've already kind of surpassed that. I mean, obviously we could still lose to the Rams and end up 2-2. Two, uh, two and But the way I've seen this team play has changed my mind quite a bit 
I'm not going to say the whole season prediction that has changed. But I got the Colts defeating the Rams 34-20. to 20. Got the Colts going big, showing everybody that we are for real. I got – yeah, I got the Colts winning. I got the Colts winning 38 to 17. Putting it on them. Yeah. Uh, I think AR comes out and scores 14 points again in the first 10 minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think he I think he throws two two more, maybe at least. So I think he hits 250. I think he hits 250 yards, 68 completion percentage. Oh yeah. You'd love to see it. With with 60, 65 yards on the ground, two rushing touchdowns. I need that for fantasy. I got and bold, in my- bold, bold prediction, he finishes the game. <laughs> bold prediction. See, <laughs> you see this AR? This is a bold prediction that you will finish the game. I need you to protect yourself and stay in there, man. But all right, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna head out of here, man. I can hear I've been it's here my baby all good. this whole yep. time. I gotta go pick up my wife soon. Yeah, but um, thanks everybody for coming in tonight. We got we got to take care of the Rams tomorrow. Appreciate everybody who came in. All the new commenters, please go to YouTube, like, share, subscribe. Uh, Kicking with the crew on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Please follow us, like, subscribe. We appreciate all you guys. Keep coming in. We're gonna try and keep building this thing up. Um, We love to stay commenting to you guys, getting your questions, your thoughts, to keep you guys intrigued. So please keep helping us build this thing. We appreciate all you guys. And as always, go Colts. Go Colts. And stay conservative, run the ball here on third down. Here's Richardson. He takes it in for his first NFL touchdown. And Pittman takes it inside the 20, the 10, towards the end zone, touchdown! On second and 28, the Colts capitalize, Richardson.